Trust in the Lord, Proverbs says. Lean not on your own understanding. Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. The test of all things is the scriptures, not my experience. The Bible is a standard, not philosophy, not psychology, not reason. For if you can figure everything by reason, then you have just ceased to walk by faith. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Whenever you go from faith to reason, you have just left faith. Be careful. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The authenticity and origin of a dollar bill must be determined before ascribing its true value. And so it is with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the day of the first church, in an effort to distinguish heresy from the infallible word of God, the apostle Peter gave us several tests to apply to determine the authenticity of a given doctrine as inspired by God. Drawn from the second epistle of Peter, Pastor Xavier delivers an illuminating simple truth study titled, You Can Trust God's Word. Let's listen. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Now, Peter uses two elements that are common to all of us and are accepted by our all, all of our judicial system. His personal recollection. He's a night witness, verses 16 through 18. Secondly, the prophetic revelation, which is evidence, verses 19 through 21. Now, you go to court with eyewitnesses and evidence, and your case is pretty well sealed and shut. In verse 16, first he gives us a negative. Peter denies that the gospel is a myth. For we have not followed cunning device fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So his focus first is on the gospel. The New Testament that was not yet put together. The record of Jesus. The message of Jesus. The person of Jesus. The promises of Jesus. Peter is saying what we're telling you is truth, not lies. You see, Peter is saying, you know, when we told you about Jesus' life and all that he did, you know, we didn't fabricate these things. They saw Jesus transfigured before them. They saw him glorified. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. They were talking about the kingdom. They were talking about Jesus' exodus, his disease, his dying and leaving this world. We related this Power, this testimony of power to you. And it wasn't a myth. It wasn't a story. We didn't take a tab of acid and went up to the mountain. We didn't flip out. We didn't hallucinate. These are facts. But Peter doesn't alone give us his personal recollection as a witness. But he also gives us the prophetic revelation that attests to the authenticity of the Lord, the gospel, and the Old Testament. In verse 19, he says, We also have the prophetic word made more sure, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First Peter tells us here that prophecy is validated by the fulfillment in verse 19. Now, it would appear at first by reading verse 19 that Peter is saying that prophecy is greater than the fulfillment. Would you agree with me? He is saying, we were up in the mountain, we saw Jesus Christ, we saw Him transfigured, and then all of a sudden he says, and we also have the prophetic word made more sure. Is Peter saying that prophecy is greater than fulfillment? 
Of course he's not. Because prophecy is only a shadow and the fulfillment is the reality of it. So we can be sure that Peter is not saying that prophecy is greater in importance than the fulfillment. Peter could be saying though, that due to what they experienced on the Mount of Transfiguration, the prophetic word was confirmed by the trustworthiness of the scriptures. So he could be saying that the scriptures, the prophetic scriptures, are confirmed and made more sure by what we experienced. That could be a possibility. But there is also another possibility. He could be saying, what we experienced on the mountain was genuine and in fulfillment of the prophetic word. But if you doubt our witness, you have the prophetic word which is more sure, knowing that they are inspired of God. I think this is what Peter is saying. That we are telling you what we saw. And what we saw was in fulfillment of prophecy and of the old scriptures. But since we were the only ones there, it's not only our experience that you have to fall back on, but you have the Old Testament scriptures which are more sure, knowing that they are inspired of God and you've had them for hundreds and thousands of years. And you know they're from God. I think this is what he's saying. The word sure is stable, fast, firm, trustworthy. The very same word is used for chapter 1 verse 10 where he says, Be diligent to make your calling and election sure. You see the emphasis here is on the scriptures. And he's comparing the experience with the scripture. And he's saying the scripture is prophetic. We experience the fulfillment of that prophecy. And our experience is made valid only by the scriptures. It is not going beyond the prophecy. It is not adding to the prophecy. And therefore grab a hold of the prophecy. Knowing that they are inspired by God. You know they are inspired by God. Because God has spoken before. And you have had them for so long. And we know that they are spoken by God. Because we have experienced the fulfillment of that. Because remember they only had the Old Testament. And so he says you guys didn't experience that that translation in the mountain, we did, but you have the scriptures. And we're not asking you to trust our witness or our testimony or our experience. We're asking you to trust the scriptures. But if our experience lines up with scripture, then our experience is valid. Do you follow me? This is what he's saying. And therefore, they were to take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place. You see, the whole thing is grow and your salvation. And take heed to the light that shines in a dark place. Now we know we're living in the night. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. The day is coming, it's going to dawn. And the scriptures are a light to the world in a very dark place. And you need to keep your eyes on the scriptures. Because the word dark place means dry, murky. The idea of light showing up dirt and filth of sin. See, the only thing that's going to develop you and keep you accountable to God is the Word of God. Now, the problem that Christians have is that they come to God and then they start learning and then they get lazy. They get complacent. 
They start living for their house, their car, their job, their clothes. And life grabs a hold of them instead of the kingdom of God. Now, is there anything wrong with a house, with a car, with clothes, with money? No. But if those are the center of your life, then you fall into the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, these are the things that the Gentiles live for. This is what they are concerned about. What should we eat? What should we wear? The kingdom first. Then all these things are added unto you. And so you need to center on the Scriptures so that you may grow. So that the Scriptures can expose your sin, your compromise, the areas that you are falling short. Don't tell me you study the Scriptures by yourself. The Bible says you're to gather together in a church body to study the Scriptures. You're to submit yourself to a pastor, teacher, to elders. Not in submission to control your life. I don't want to control your life. I have, I have enough problems in my own life. You need to grow. You need to be accountable. You need to be used. Are you a sponge or are you a bucket? Are you a taker or are you a giver? Are you a critic or are you constructing? How long? He says, until the day dawn and the day star rises in your heart. The second return of Christ. Numbers 24, 17 speaks about it. Revelation 22, 16 says, Jesus is the morning star. Until Christ returns. Ephesians 4, the purpose of the church, to perfect the saints. What for? To do the work of the ministry. Do you know that I'm not supposed to do the work of the ministry? You guys are supposed to do it. You're supposed to go out witnessing. You're supposed to be mopping. You're supposed to be vacuuming. You're supposed to be doing everything. I'm supposed to begin myself to pray and to study the Word so I can feed you. I thank God that God has allowed us to do that. We have faithful people coming around and doing work and doing things. Taking care of the different ministries. And I can give myself to prayer and to study the Word. How would you like if I came in this morning and said, you know what, I had some visitors last night that came in. I really couldn't, I, I didn't have time to study. So this morning, uh, we're going to play bingo, okay? All you guys get on this side and some of you over here. I have been called to feed you faithfully fresh manna to the day the Lord takes me home. And I'm committed to that. But I cannot pry your mouth open. You have to open your mouth and eat and grow and glorify Jesus Christ. So I believe Peter here is saying that you have the prophecy, the word of Scripture that you can trust. You may not have had the same experience we did, but you have the Scriptures. And you can trust the Scriptures. But not only that, Peter goes on to say that prophecy originates from God, not from man. Verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Now, how many of you have, all, have ever used this to, when somebody says, well, I, I think that this scripture means this. And you say, no, no, no. The scripture is not for any private interpretation. And use this scripture. I hear it all the time. This is not what he's saying. <laughs> that's what he's saying in the English, but that's not what he's saying in the Greek. <laughs> this is what he's saying. The word is means arises, originates, comes into existence. The word private means one's own or its own. And the word interpretation means a loosening with the idea to expound. This is what Peter is saying. No prophet ever spoke. No prophetic scripture ever came forth. 
by man's own impulse or determination. How do I know that? Because look at verse 20. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So Peter is saying, listen, the scriptures are inspired of God. They did not come forth by man's own impulse or origin. They didn't say, okay, I'm going to prophesy. Write this, we're going to write the book of Isaiah. Paul wasn't in jail, says, okay, I think while I'm in jail, I don't want to waste time. You know what I'll do? I'll write four epistles. I'll call them the, uh, the prison epistles. Uh, let's see, which churches? Okay, Ephesus, Colossians, um, um, Philemon, yeah, the slaves here. Um, yeah, I'll write to those churches. No. God began to move. And it was God who gave birth to the scriptures. It is the scriptures that are inspired. Man was the vehicle. You don't believe me? Back up to 1 Peter chapter 1 to confirm this. 1 Peter chapter 1 in verse 10 he says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that would come to you searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that would follow. Some important observations here. Number one, the prophets that spoke, we said that did not speak of their own impulse, their own will, but they spoke by the impulse and origin of the Spirit of God. The evidence is in the scripture we just studied in 2 Peter, verse 20 and 21. And it's confirmed by Peter's first epistle. He says, these men wrote down what God wanted to be recorded. That's inspiration. And then afterwards, they tried to figure out who he was talking to and to what time. Sometimes they could understand it. Sometimes they didn't know. And yet, as you read the different prophetic books, as you read the different epistles, you see the personality of the writer, and you see the infallible and inerrant word in the Scriptures. But secondly, Peter says here, listen to this, that every prophet of the Old Testament spoke by who? By the Spirit of Christ. Now you go to the Old Testament and you read the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of Jehovah came upon the prophet. The Spirit came upon them. The Spirit told them to write. Whose Spirit was it? The Spirit of Christ. And who is the Spirit of the Lord in the Old Testament? God. Who is the Spirit of Christ? God. Who is Jesus? God. Interesting how he makes the Old Testament and the New Testament gospel same authority, same inspiration from God. Tremendous. And so we know that these men did not speak of their own impulse. But God began to deal with their hearts and by the Spirit of God. Therefore, Peter is saying third of all that prophecy is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21. For prophecy never came by the will of man. This is explaining verse 20. It wasn't up to them. It didn't come from them. It was sourced in God. For the word moved means bore them along 
carrying them literally. The very same word is used of Paul in the book of Acts. Remember when he was in the, in the sea and in the storm and they cut the anchor and they let the ship just be carried by the power of the sea? Taking it where it would. This is the very same word that is used. The Spirit of God carried along these men and they were the instruments to give to us what is called plenary verbal inspiration that every word, every book that you have in your Bible, you can trust as being infallible and without error. You see, the scriptures are from God. Oh yeah, but man wrote them. Yes, as instruments. And so Peter is saying, listen, you can trust the scriptures. And what's the context? To grow. You can trust the scriptures for what? To detect error in false doctrine. Now, how can we apply this practical for today? Real practical. Because I believe we're in the midst of apostasy. The Bible says that in the last days there will be a great falling away. Paul tells it to Timothy. Chapter 4, chapter 3. Paul speaks about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I believe we're in that. As I look to the Christian church today, as I look at the men that are in power and authority which are ungodly and teaching heresy, I believe we're in apostasy. And so it has very practical and relevant application. Because today the scriptures are being attacked from within Christianity, from within the seminaries. These are the people who are attacking it. Neo-Orthodox. Neo means new. Orthodox means the standard uh, of the Scripture teaching. And you better believe it's new. (laughs) It's not Orthodox. They say this. They say this is not the Word of God. This becomes the Word of God when you read it. Seems kind of innocent at first, doesn't it? But if this has to be read to become the Word of God then you're denying inspiration of the Scriptures in a very subtle way. Whether I ever read this Bible or not, it is the Word of God. Very subtle. They say that there are errors in it. They say they believe in infallibility in terms of life and practice but that there are errors in terms of history and chronology. One of my professors in class told me that one time, and we're sitting there, about five of us, and they're all sitting there accepting that, and I raised my hand, I said, um, uh, Dr. So-and-so, um, I disagree with you. I said, how can you believe in infallibility, but not in inerrancy? He says, oh, Xavier, you really believe every word in there? I said, yeah. kind of blew his mind. These are the professors that are teaching most seminaries today, even within our city in Pasadena. We have thrown out theology and we are worshiping psychology and reason. Be careful. If the Lord tarries, I expect the greatest attack upon the church and those people who believe in verbal plenary inspiration Every word inspired by God, I believe the greatest attack from the seminaries, not from the non-believer. 
These men are convincing. They're scholars. They write the books. They have the endorsements. Now, who are you going to hang out, God or them? I hope you opt out for God. The Bible is a standard, not philosophy, not psychology, not reason. For if you can figure everything by reason, then you have just ceased to walk by faith. <laughs> for faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Whenever you go from faith to reason, you have just left faith. Be careful. It's only God's grace that we can understand the ununderstandable. <laughs> that we can know the unknowable by the Spirit of God. That's what Paul prayed in Ephesians. That God may open the eyes of your understanding. How? By the Spirit of God. So Peter is not saying there's no private interpretation. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He says the natural man, the things of the Spirit are foolishness to him. But the spiritual man judges all things by the Spirit. We compare Scripture with Scripture and we can know whether it's biblical or not. The test of all things is the Scriptures. Not my experience. Not my testimony. But third, the Old Testament Scripture and the Gospel message are both inspired and sourced in God. Because they were both communicated by the Spirit of God and have equal authority. What a tremendous truth Peter has given here. What is it for? In defense of deception, error. The Word, a lamp to my feet, water that purifies me, a hammer that breaks my heart, a sword that cuts my heart to convict me. The Word. Let me tell you, sin will keep you from this book. And this book will keep you from sin. You start getting away from the Word. You start getting into sin. Don't tell me you won't. You're a creep just like me. You just get away from reading and from sitting under a pastor. You just get away from being used of God. Because if you grow, then you have to be used. You can't just say you're growing spiritually by knowledge. The evidence that you're growing spiritually by knowledge is that you're being used. Your gifts are being exercised. You're part of the body. You're ministering. You're giving out. You're occupying till He comes. If you're not being used by God, then you're not growing. It's knowledge and experience. It's receiving and giving. That's growth. That's maturity. And so what a tremendous message. Peter has given to us. God's word, you can trust it. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. Don't let them kid you about manuscript evidence. And We don't have any original manuscripts. They're all lost. We have copies of copies and we have enough of them that we know that what we have is the word of God. The Dead Sea Scrolls verify that. There's no change and they are hundreds of years apart from the latest manuscript we have. Identical. Now they believe that they can tell what is and what isn't 2,000 years later. Well, they really think more highly of themselves than they ought. Be careful, they're out there. Peter assures us of the authenticity of the scriptures, of the gospel, by personal recollection, as a witness, and by prophetic revelation, the evidence. Grab a hold of that, and you'll be able to combat and to expose error and the heretics. Pastor Xavier Reese, summing up Peter's systematic assurance for the reliability of the Scriptures. Simple truths drawn from 2 Peter 
helpful in the advancement of the gospel even throughout our day. Now, today's study is simply titled, You Can Trust God's Word, and is available on CD for just $4. And everything we shared last time will be included as well, so it makes a convenient way to study the message more in depth and then pass on to someone else you know. So the title to ask for once more is, You Can Trust God's Word, or just mention today's date when you get in touch. Request yours by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station, however you get in touch. This is helpful information as we monitor the impact of our radio ministry. History 101 tells us that the Roman Empire fell from within. But did you know that the Bible tells us throughout the centuries, many who would attempt to discredit the veracity of Scripture have come from within the church? More on deciphering a counterfeit gospel next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Please join us then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com